Welcome, race fans. This is the Debris and Turn 3 Fancast, and we are back to bring you our grandstanders view of all the action from last weekend's racing at Texas Motor Speedway. We are coming to you from Brooklyn, New York City. My name is Matt. My name is Dan. And we got a great show for you today. <laughs> Should we tell everybody? <laughs> yes, I think we have to. <laughs> yeah. So, this is, uh, I mean, besides Matt's like 10 takes to get the intro correct. <laughs> hey, nine takes, okay? Right. <laughs> We're re-recording the show because computer crashed and we lost and we were right at the we were in the home stretch we were like two minutes left in the episode about to wrap it up yeah (laughs) and we the computer just crashed so we're starting over again and like matt said we are talking texas the triple a texas 500 from texas motor speedway so we we'll we'll, uh try to make this a good show just as good as the last version that we lost. Um, so like I said, we'll get into our fantasy stuff. We'll recap the race, uh, go through all the news of the week, and then look ahead to Phoenix. So before we do that, Matt, how you doing? Haven't seen you since, uh, since last week. Right. We'll, uh, we'll catch up real quick uh, again. <laughs> Glad we totally got a, abbreviated. I'm glad story. we got a couple of uh, cold ones. To, yeah, you know, these founders but, mosaic promise. The first time I'm having these, I like pretty them. good. I like it. Yeah, it's a it's a good beer for a podcast. And uh, then, like I said, I was I was a little late today because yeah. I was chilling at the bar before I came over here. We had a little yeah. function after work that kind of went a little late. Yeah, I was talking to a young lady. She was telling me that she wants to hook me up with somebody. Everyone's always trying to hook me up with somebody now. It's yeah. like, it's just weird. It's like stages of dating, you know, like we're yeah. meeting people. And now you, you get to a point where everyone's like, let me fix you up with somebody. <laughs> and you're like, at the beginning, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. That, that, that sounds great. And now yeah. it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, uh, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why do you think that I would be good with this person? Yeah. And how are they going to take it when I tell them that I like to like watch NASCAR? <laughs> right. It doesn't typically to, go over well. <laughs> yeah, well, they're just gonna have to deal with it. Take That's, it or leave it, right? Take, hey, man, this is this is this is like Plan A material right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's like being in a band. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you either play in a band or you podcast about racing. Exactly. And in some cases, you do both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, where do you want to get started today, yeah. Dan? Well, you know what? Actually, I was gonna say. Um, you showing up late actually wasn't that bad because I didn't even have the computer yet. So if you would have gotten here on time, we still would have been delayed because I share the computer with my wife. So and she was coming home from work, so I didn't even have a computer. So she was still doing some work. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So well, and uh, this weekend. Whatever, my friends around the New York City Marathon. Oh, that's right. See, this is kind yeah. of this kind of leads into the fantasy where yeah. we usually start our show. Yeah. So, yeah, tell us, tell us, us why before. Dan, you <laughs> forgot. Yeah, tell us again, Dan, why you, why you didn't make your fantasy. Yeah, so I picks forgot to week. put my picks in because my friends were running the marathon, and my uh, my one friend Kelly lives on Fourth Avenue, where the the uh, I keep wanting to call it the parade. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very fast parade. Uh, where the marathon goes up 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. So we met up with her family at her apartment, watched her and our other friend pass us by, 
and then hopped on the subway, went up to the Upper East Side at like the 22-mile mark and, you know, cheered them on there, met them after the race, got really drunk. Um, but yeah, I forgot to put my picks in. So unfortunately, Texas in the, in the Debris and Turd 3 League, I did not get scored. But in the Wave Arounders League, which is our other league that we have just before me, Matt, and Brian, and uh, Chuck, it's just uh, the four of us. So I wound up not getting my picks in, but by default, by default, it's through points. So I got like all my best drivers in the Wave Arounders at Texas. So apparently I did well, but... You won. For You, you yeah, won. won. Yeah. I but, did so I did so well that I won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you lose use a lot of your favorites, which yeah. you're gonna have to use for your last race at Homestead. So, yeah. like you solidi- you really solidified your position in the championship. Yeah. Which you're like the Martin Truex of the yeah. Waverlanders League because yeah. you've been up front all season long. If you didn't make it at the end, we'd yeah. be questioning the entire format. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in the Debris and Turn Three League, uh, Chuck got the win this week. Uh, F and K racing came in second and you got third. So I was happy with a third place finish. I really thought I was poised for a first place finish. If it wasn't for Clint Boyer and his mechanical problems, I think he lost a rear gear or something like that. Uh, but wow, I can't Chuck one again. Yeah. I really have to tally up the season stats. I keep forgetting to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I started it in the beginning of the season and I kind of got away from it, but I'm, I'm going to do it to you guys. I'm going to get every, everything all tallied up. Because I like to see how many wins that Chuck had, because he has quite a few, especially between him and Brian, which he's now taken a pretty sizable lead going into the final two races. I think he has it, barring a huge collapse. Yeah. And also, I got a FNK, Frank, man, guy's the Chase Elliott of the Debris and Turn 3 League <laughs> with all his second place finishes. He's going to break through and get that win soon. I know it. Yeah. Might, maybe it comes at one of these big races here at the end. So much deja vu. Um, all right, <laughs> let's let's move past that. Have we done this already? Yeah, right. It's like Groundhog Day, uh, and this has also happened to us before, where we lost an episode. So you know, just save and save often. You know, save and save again. Yeah, didn't you? Learn That's what that I'm doing. When you were sitting there in college typing your papers, and it was always like save. Yep. You know, you lost a paper somewhere yeah. online, haven't uh, you? Yeah. Did you cry a little bit. Or did you just lose a little bit of breath, like... <gasps> yeah, it's either that. <laughs> just a silent you know, stare at the I'm computer. Just, <laughs> as, as we're recording, I just keep going, Command S. Command S. I thought we went through this the <laughs> last time. We were like, we're going to start saving it during the show. <laughs> yeah. Command S. All right. It's un- not unlike a lot of other podcasts that I listen to, though. They, they said they all have gremlins at some mm-hmm. point or another. It happens. Yeah. All right, Texas. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good race. Uh, this the second time that uh, the second race at Texas this season. We're back after the reconfiguration that they had during the off season. So I don't know. That bottom groove is still a preferred line. Apparently, they used the tire monster, um, but there was the groove was widening out a little bit. There was definitely a second groove in there, uh, and you can see that happening. Uh, but right off the bat, Kyle Busch and Brad Kozlowski made contact, and uh, Bush wound up getting damage to his front nose bumper area. Kozlowski had a tire go down, and he was 
down two laps right from the start. So there was a lot of action right from the beginning. And Brad Keselowski lost the left rear. We saw uh, Kyle Busch with some right front damage. They both lose laps. And I was shocked right from the beginning. It was a lot of excitement. Yeah. And yeah, the, the bottom line was the preferred line again. I noticed towards the end of the race, it started to widen out a little bit. Prior to the race, I didn't hear anything about a tire dragon. But then, like we mentioned, like after the race, I heard that they did use it. And they used yeah. it in the bottom lane, which just really, just does, like we talked about this on the last time they did this when they <laughs> used the tire dragon in the bottom lane. Like, why are you using it in the bottom lane when yeah. they're going to race there anyway? Yeah. Like, do it up high. Like, try to yeah. widen it. Make some room to run. Yeah. Because like we said earlier, which you didn't hear, which you hear now, <laughs> a couple of guys tried to go up into the gray area, but there's just no grip there. Uh, yeah, guys were going up there and experimenting, but it, it didn't really hold. Uh, guys were throwing it into turn one on the high side. We did see uh, some restarts, one, from the outside line. In fact, yeah. Martin Truex Jr. on the final restart chose the outside and actually took the lead. Yeah. But coming on a restart, you're able to kind of drive hard into turn one and then take that bottom lane in front of the guy and just kind of, you know, stick it in front of him. He's not going to go up and try to pass you and never going to have enough speed to get around. Yeah. So uh, I can see how it, you know, would work more on a restart than it would just on a normal lap and in a passing situation. Yeah. You know, a regular racing lap, it's just, um, it was, the, it was the bottom line. Guys went high. And I was actually surprised to see that the, the groove widened a little bit more in one and two. And in three and four, where the configuration stayed the same, there was just zero grip up high. Yeah. And, in fact, I recall two occasions where Denny Hamlin tried to go up there or maybe just got a little too hot. Yeah. And, you know, went up there and lost all grip and fell back. So yeah. uh, it's real tight running at Texas. And I thought it was a pretty decent race as well, even despite some criticisms online. People, you know, I think it's getting lumped into one of these boring mile and a half races. And mm -hmm. you know, yeah, on the surface it might look that way, but there was some very interesting strategy that was going on in pit lane. There was a lot of interesting strategy that was going on with guys staying out on the racetrack and stretching some fuel and tire runs. Uh, there were, and it all ended up with a final pass for the lead in 10 laps to go in the race. So, I mean, what yeah. else are you looking for in a race? Yeah. I mean, I thought this was, it wasn't the most exciting race, but you know, it was your typical mile and a half where, you know, you run to the stage end and that's usually where the most excitement is. But like I said, the, the very beginning with Kyle and Brad and then the, the, the pass, you know, to, to end the race. Um, and like we, we were saying before that, uh, yes, this is just your typical mile and a half, but not really, because now with the reconfiguration, it's almost like Darlington, you have two different ends of a racetrack. And I think maybe that might be a trend with some of these other mile and a halfs that they'll do something different to make the tracks a little more interesting, you know, rather than just possible reconfiguration in another racetrack you're yeah. saying, or something might change in a, in a corner. Yeah. It's possible. Uh, I, I'm eager to see where this goes in this in the future. Yeah. After maybe a year or two, we see 
the the lanes widen. If somebody really hangs it out around that outside line, they have a lot of racetrack to really build up a lot of speed. They also have a lot of racetrack to cover though up yeah. there. That's how like the the, the racetrack's yeah. incredibly wide. Yeah. I think we saw Landing Castle uh contact in the corner panel and turn him up the racetrack and it seemed like he slid forever and yeah. didn't even hit anything. Yeah. Um Speaking I mean, of sliding you, forever, yeah. thank goodness we had Ray Black Jr. in this race. <laughs> Xfinity regular yeah. in the 07 car was in the number 51 machine this weekend yeah. and brought out two yellows in the final stage and was even tight racing with some lap traffic in front of the leader towards the end, which yeah. helped close the gap for Kevin Harvick. So yeah. lap traffic had a huge emphasis, uh, you know, emphasis on how this race turned out this weekend, I feel yeah. like. And you're saying that Truex was mad at uh, Trevor Bain. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I didn't really. I mean, I saw that there was lap traffic, but I wasn't like really paying. Did attention you see Martin Truex Jr.'s interview after the race? No. Okay. Well, I was watching the post race. I watched his interview, and Martin Truex Jr. First of all, was not happy with the way the race turned out. I think it was the first time in a long while that he'd seen somebody come up and pass him at the end of the race, and I don't think he necessarily liked it too much. Yeah. But when he was giving his post-race interview, he mentioned that he was very displeased with how Trevor Bain was racing on the track. And I went back and I was watching it last night, the last bit of the race. And, man, I didn't even see where he even encountered Trevor Bain except for the very end, like after Kevin Harvick passed him. I think he just was the last guy that he came across and was upset with it. Because lap traffic... He had to pass lap traffic, and lap traffic was racing in front of him. Yeah. And uh, the lap traffic that was racing in front of him also needed to get around the 51 car of Ray Black Jr. (laughs) So I think it was coming out of four. I watched the end of the race uh, live just from Kevin Harvick's onboard. Mm -hmm. And when I watched the end of the race again yesterday... I did the same thing again, yeah. and it was really cool to kind of watch. And this time around, knowing that he was gonna like make the run to the league, because I was yeah. like watching it, like where did he gain time? And like yeah. because that's what these tracks are, and especially on this repave with that single lane, yeah. it's about your speed, your handling. So yeah. like, yeah, like I said before, on the surface, it looks like a bad race, but. The whole team is involved. You had a good pit stop, and your crew chief making the calls on top of the box, yeah. making changes to the car. And at the end of the race, I mean, there's a lot of people that think that there was something up with Kevin Harvick's car. I mean, he did blow out the rear corner <laughs> panels again, like yeah. in, in the in the celebration. But in that last run, Martin Truex Jr. said he didn't really seem to have it. And Kevin Harvick did, but he made up ground and he kind of was just racing hard and ended up passing Joey Logano, who mm. really kind of let him go after he got positioned. And he caught up to Denny Hamlin and Denny Hamlin put up a little bit of a fight and then eventually just let him go also. Yeah. And I mean, uh, he was fast all day. He was that number four car was up front all day, but yeah. just it was super fast at the end of the race, though. Yeah. Um, news. News. <laughs> Uh, Kenseth has announced that he's stepping away. What the hell is that? Oh, that's BB-8. Uh, <laughs> I heard that before, and I was like, what's going on? I, I just, um, good thing I had the sound on, though. I just got a text message from my roommate, and it seems that he has, doesn't have keys to the apartment. Okay. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> he says, will I be around to let him in? Yes, I am. Yeah. But Dan, I'm, um, but I'm podcasting about racing right now. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm doing the podcast. All right, let's get I back. I like how you were locked out recently, and now he's locked out. <laughs> he did give me a bailout that one morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was bad, though, in the morning, because I was with my dog also. I yeah. was out running on the weekend, and then I took the keys off the loop to go running on yeah. like Sunday and I just, just chilling, watching the race and everything, put him down and Monday morning and I went out to walk the dog and I came back. I was like, I'm going to go yeah. to work. I come walking back <laughs> in and I was just like, I don't have my keys. <laughs> like I knew they weren't on yeah. there. <laughs> You're going to have to bail him out now. Yeah. So let's oh. get this, let's get this episode done with so you can get back to Williamsburg. <laughs> Let's get real in depth about some real possible <laughs> changes to the format and point system. Let's uh, solve this tonight, Dan. <laughs> or we could just talk about Matt Kenseth yeah. stepping away. That's probably the big story of the week, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have any offers, and it's kind of just like what, well, not really what Edwards, Edwards just decided to step away, but like Biffle, you know, wasn't racing this year. He didn't have a ride. Um, so, you know, maybe there is, maybe there is a ride. Maybe he'll go to the 41. Uh, but really when it comes down to it, he's an older driver. He's really expensive and I'm sure no one wants to pay his salary. So he's going to be out of a ride. Well, a couple of thoughts on the way you, like you said there. Well, Carl Edwards in, in looking back, like the guy left on his own terms, for all we know, he decided he wanted to leave. And it seems that in this sport, you hear it time and time again, the sport quits the driver a lot of times before the driver is ready to quit the sport. Matt Kenseth yeah. is a champion, 2003 winner of the title. Mm-hmm. And he's won a lot of races. He's been competitive every season. And if this is his last year, here he is in the playoffs again. The other point you said he, maybe he ends up in the 41. I think that's kind of crazy that we're seeing Kurt Busch without any definite ride for next season. But I also don't see Matt Kenseth going to that ride as well because I feel like if they don't sort it out with Kurt Busch, it's going to be either like Cole Custer, their young driver, or maybe somebody else. But they don't seem like... If they didn't put Matt Kenseth in the number 10 Stuart Haas car... I don't see them putting him in the 41 car. I think it's yeah. just, they're just working out something with Kurt Busch at this time. Yeah. Um, maybe he winds up driving for like some small team or maybe he'll, maybe he'll drive like the Xfinity car for Haas, you know, or maybe go down to the truck series, you know? So I, know. I see him more or less driving a truck if he were to stay in racing mm-hmm. than an Xfinity car because as much as I don't like to call the Xfinity Series minor league racing, like for all intents and purposes, it is the AAA of the yeah. Cup Series. And I, I think that veteran drivers have a place in the Xfinity Series. I think Cup drivers have a place in the Xfinity Series. Sometimes I think you see Cup drivers do things behind the wheel of an Xfinity car that, that they would not necessarily do behind the wheel of their cup car. They yeah. might be more inclined to take riskier uh, chances. Yeah. Uh, but the cup teams do also want to get their talent scouted and yeah. get them experience in the Xfinity cars. So I think 
realistically, you'd have a better chance of seeing Matt Kenseth behind the wheel of a Camping World truck. And I think that's great for this, the sport as a whole, NASCAR, and as the Camping World Truck Series itself. Yeah. I think it's good for that to have a veteran like Kenseth, former cup champion. It's yeah. It gives something for the young drivers. They, they try to beat, beat them and stuff like that. Yeah. So the other news, as you said, Al Marola is going to be driving in the 10 car next year, which just seems like such an odd announcement. Like, obviously, there were reports coming in before they were officially going to announce on Wednesday uh, that he was driving. But, like, it's just such a weird, I don't know. I know why they chose him. Uh, Well, we heard it from the owner's mouth. Yeah, Tony Stewart basically said that he's been friends with Almirola since the the Gibbs days, and he was available, so why not give him a shot in the car? They're friends. That's what friends do. They're friends, and I have a sponsor to, you know, yeah, to, to put on the number ten car as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, by hey Tony, <laughs> by the way, I have a sponsor. So. Yeah, but you know, Danik is out of a ride. So I'm sure Almarola will not wreck as much as Danica, but I don't know if he'll finish better than her every week. But we do know that he's a a pretty good plate racer. So when Daytona 500 comes around in just a few months, might be a viable be a fantasy winner. pick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're. You know what? I I kind of agree with that assessment. I think that maybe he'll keep the car in one piece a little better than Danica. Yeah. However, I think that he's going to finish probably around the same position. I see that car running 15 to 20th, which yeah. you know, might is a little better than the car performed right now. I, I could see a crack in the top 20. Yeah. But definitely it's a 15 to 25 uh 25th place car right now and mm-hmm. it's probably going to stay that way uh barring some like real big jump in performance. Yeah, which I think the Haas cars are probably better than the Petty cars, performance-wise, you know? Oh, absolutely. So he might have a little bit of advantage there, but Bubba's going to be in the 43 next year, and we saw that what he could do when he replaced Salmarola for those few races. So is it the driver or is it the equipment? Yeah. Well, that's an age-old question in racing. Right. I mean, it takes a little bit of both to make a great race car driver, but also a great race car driver could really make something happen in a pretty mediocre car. Yeah. I mean, look what Kyle Larson is doing in a 42 car that even a champion race car driver like Juan Pablo Montoya wasn't able to do. Yeah. I mean, granted, Chip Ganassi Racing has made like huge investment into that team this season. Yeah, I don't say huge investment, but they 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 had a little more focus on their. Yeah, cup that's team. their young driver. They want to put right. But that being said, like you would still think that Juan Pablo. I mean, he got goes back in the IndyCar was it, uh, Indianapolis five hundred. Yeah. So like, you, you see how like Kyle Larson like a, a huge talent. What, how he could like wheel a car and just get that little bit of extra out of it. Yeah. And I, I, I was impressed with Bubba when he was in 43. I, I think that, you know, he brought that car home exactly kind of like where they, sh- they where they thought it should have come home. Uh, 
but <laughs> he also he kind of pushed it a little bit and had that car running and making some passes and being competitive. Yeah. Uh, competitive. Yeah. He Bubba was in the news this week, though. Yeah. So I mean, hard to recreate the discussion that we had because it was a it was a really good one. I thought that it was. Yeah, you're 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 100 right about that. And in a nutshell, uh, Dan, what we were talking about was the criticism that Bubba has gotten yeah. on social media and his response and uh, with his tweet that he made where yeah. he basically was telling everybody that, look, there is a black driver in NASCAR. I am that black driver. Yeah. And you're going to be seeing a lot of me. Yeah. And... I'm 100% okay with that. Yeah. And we know how NASCAR fans are. Maybe there's some, out, some people out there that are supportive of Bubba, you know? So hopefully, you know, whatever. We had a, we had a, we had a pretty good discussion. Uh, but let's talk about the fan base of NASCAR. Yeah. And like, like that might be a subject that we could do, uh, dive into in like an off-season show or something like that, perhaps, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But I think that most fans, I think most fans are accepting of Bubba and, yeah. and are eager to see how he's going to race. Uh, because Bubba's a cool guy. Yeah. He plays drums. He's into cool music. Yeah. He's got a lot of personality, and he's got a bit of fuck you attitude with these with with everybody already being like, "Listen, I'm here," and like yeah. that's the kind of attitude that you need to have. Like the kind of attitude that Ryan Blaney showed Kevin Harvick. The yeah. kind of attitude that Chase Elliott did not show Denny <laughs> Hamlin. Yeah. So like, well, I mean, that's Chase Elliott for you. I think he's. A bit of a mama's boy on the racetrack. My mama said not to say anything at all. My mama said that if if it comes down to the final five laps of the race and they're up and they want to pass you, then you should just let them pass you. Now, granted, I was a very little kid when Bill was driving, but from just like things that I've seen on the internet, I don't, Bill was not really like a, like a very tough driver. He was a fast say. driver. He was fast, but he wasn't aggressive towards other people, really, like other drivers. No, Bill Elliott was a professional gentleman driver, man. Just yeah. the fastest at the super speedways, and we just, you know, he won his share of races. And I really can't think of any moment where I saw Bill Elliott, you know, put the bumper and really take somebody out. I'm, I'm thinking right now, and nothing's yeah. coming to mind. Yeah. I mean, there's always the pass in the grass, but, like, that wasn't really, like, aggressive. That was just, like, all-star race guys just want to win a million bucks. Yeah, know? and that was more, you know, Elliot kind of putting the nose of the car where it belonged, and Dale yeah. Earnhardt, not really... That was, like, a block into the grass, really. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. kind of just... Earnhardt almost wrecked himself, basically, right yeah. there, but kind of kept it together. Yeah. And, I mean, also, Elliot could have probably wrecked him. Yeah. Right there. If you just kind of put a little more gas into it yeah. when Earnhardt came across his nose, but he probably but lifted he a little bit. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure that's how he raised Chase to race. And which is why Chase Elliott did not retaliate against Denny Hamlin this week. No. At Texas. At Texas. But will he, will he retaliate this weekend in Phoenix? Possibly. I don't know. I just don't see that aggressiveness in him. But the fact that this is going to be a, a cutoff race 
one mile track. Yeah. We already saw one driver take serious retaliation and payback in their own hands at Phoenix a couple of seasons ago. Oh, please. Well, Clint Boyer running through the infield yeah. <laughs> and punched Jeff Gordon in the face. <laughs> Jeff Gordon to this day is like up. I mean, and that was before the Matt Kenneth, Joey Logano incident. But yeah. until that point, Jeff Gordon was the. I probably screamed for 20 years for somebody to just turn right into the corner <laughs> when Jeff Gordon came around. And yeah. Jeff Gordon was the only guy that actually just turned right <laughs> into Clint Boyer. And I've heard people writing like, there's even people like that's been coming up this week, and I see some people make comments like, "Oh well, you know, both guys are out of it anyway." And I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like Clint Boyer was in serious contention for that championship at that point." Yeah, what was that? 2012. Yeah, I can't remember that far back. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of racing since then, a lot of rule yeah. changes and format changes and things, and. I mean, I, I, I'm a supporter and I stick by it, but you know, that it is hard to yeah. try to keep up with which way it's going to, you know, things got to go down. And remember, because was that the old chase system? Is this eliminations? Yeah. Is this a winner take all? Is it stage racing? Is it not like, it's yeah. not like winning the Stanley Cup, you know? And like, yeah. you got to, so I'm looking to see NASCAR finally get find something right. settled. I think up. I got you off track because I was talking about Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon, but you were gonna. I think you were gonna mention another beef between two other drivers. No, that's exactly that's what I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, was that point. was okay. the beef, man. Right, well, yeah, right. no, yeah. that that is the beef. That's okay. like the that is the beef at Phoenix, man. <laughs> Come on, that will rate live on in racing uh, yeah. infamy. Clint Boyer <laughs> running through the infield. <laughs> To Jeff Gordon's trailer. I'm surprised yeah. Jeff Gordon wasn't waiting for him with his helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's never, you know, confronted a driver with his helmet on before. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So do we want to make our predictions for Phoenix? So Phoenix predictions? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember who you picked? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, I the first go around, I you know hadn't really thought about it, even though I know we do this every week. Yeah. But yet, then here we are sitting across from each other having a conversation about what's going to happen this weekend, and I was like, "Yeah, Phoenix, right? <laughs> Let me think about." And but I like to do it that way though, because I kind of like to just like what it, what comes to me, and you know yeah. what kind of because a lot of crazy stuff happens at racing, you know, yeah. like just stories. Storylines develop in some places, and you just or you go like, "Wow!" So I think a guy that needs a win and needs speed is gonna get himself on the pole and show everyone that he's you know means business in his last race. And I think that Chase Elliott is gonna be the pole sitter. Yes, but I do not think that Chase Elliott will win and grant himself access to a chance to win the championship. However. I think it is going to be his newfound rival, Denny Hamlin, winning on Sunday and also stamping that ticket to Homestead. All right. So I believe that Ryan Blaney will get the pole position. I think that Kevin Harvick is going to get the race win 
And I think that Brad Keselowski is going to make that final spot in the final four. Because, I mean, just looking at the points right now, uh, Brad is 57 points behind Truex. And then fifth place is Denny Hamlin. He's 76 points behind. So that's almost 20 points, you know? so yeah, it's, a, it's a big swing for Denny yeah. Hamlin. I mean, but you can make that up in the race, but, I mean, just looking at the way it is right now, I kind of feel like Keselowski is going to be that fourth. Well, I think qualifying is going to be huge on Sunday because stage points are going to be pivotal, especially yeah. in the scenario that you laid out there with Kevin Harvick winning again at Phoenix. If he wins, then it's going to come down to points. Right. So the stage points are going to be crucial. Yeah. Those are like guaranteed points that you earn during a race. Right. And I think stage points have been absolutely pivotal and huge in this playoffs, more so than the rest of the season. Yeah. Like they played themselves out one way in the season. But here in the playoffs, they've been absolutely huge, which is why I think going back to the regular season, it needs to just be a points race to 26 and no win if you're in. No win if you're into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I've been critical of this playoff system and stage racing all season. Um, But I have to say the playoffs have been pretty exciting. It is manufactured excitement. Yeah. Their system has made this excitement, but it is exciting. Yeah. And you're you're going like you don't know what's gonna happen. And on Sunday there's like there's going to be <laughs> there's gonna be a winner of a race. There's gonna be a winner of the guy getting in. There's gonna be losers. There's gonna be a lot of people that are upset. Yeah. And I, I think that's exciting. Um whether their point system that they created like made it, like I yeah. I really don't care. Like they made it. It's their show. And yeah. it's been fun it's to just watch. Like the, the the telecasts have just been like they have to explain everything as the race is going on. So uh, what's his face? The guy from NBC who does the, Rick Allen. Rick Allen. Yeah. Like basically like every couple of laps, he'd be like, and we're in the playoffs. And this is different than any other sport because we got eight guys out right out there right now that are in the playoffs. And there's however many other cars out on the track that aren't in the playoffs. I mean, it's like you're explaining the whole situation as a race is going on. Right. And it's like you could be, like, talking about, talking about what's race, happening in the like race. Explaining and how the point system works. Having an interview constantly. with a crew chief on the bit box or finding yeah. out what's going on or doing some split times or, yeah. you know, getting... Yeah. It's all, it's all about the story and new fans and the, the personal side of things and what kind of concessions they got. <laughs> what kind of good views Rutledge Wood has of all this, uh, of all the yeah. race tracks and stuff like that. Oh, and they had Otto at uh, Texas, I think. They didn't have Rut there this week. Yeah, they did. But now that all the construction that's going on at Phoenix, they're still construct- constructing that new grandstand area where the new start-finish line is going to be. So maybe they put... Rutledge Wood in a hard hat and <laughs> send him up to the construction site so you can see the new views. Yeah, maybe. It's going to be interesting when the new Phoenix is uh, completed, which I think is for next season, right? Yeah. They'll be ready for next season? Yep. Right off the bat, they go to Phoenix early in that West uh, Coast swing. 
yeah, after the, like the first what, couple of races. Race? Something like that. Yeah, like third yeah. or fourth race of the season. Oh, which uh, the, the eight, 2018 start times were released this week as well. Oh, okay. So we got more breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> breaking. <laughs> but uh, they, they came up with a little bit of a compromise. It seems that a lot of the races would be starting at 2.30. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not quite three, not quite yeah. your regular, your one o'clock, but it's, um, you know, two, okay, two thirty. Yes. It's not, it, it's, it's not terrible. It's, uh, I, it's just hard during like right now during the, the end of the season because you got football on. So, you know, that those games are going to start at one and four thirty. So you got to race in the, like in the middle of that. Right. Luckily, this, I mean, football hasn't conflicted with racing this season at all because the Giants have just been absolutely well, horrendous. On the New York side, but people in other parts <laughs> of the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't really have too much of a problem with, uh, a problem with it. Like, yeah. like I, I like to get a lot out of the way on Sunday to have the chance to actually watch it live. I like watching it live. I mean, DVR is like great for racing. Uh, but especially since we've been doing this show, it's been a lot of fun. I've been wanting to just like get involved more. I've been scanning more lately than ever. I've been watching more onboards and stuff like that. Yeah. And that stuff's only available live and you miss out if you watch it on the DVR. Yeah. But I also know that you, you can't watch every race live. And if it starts at 2.30, 3 o'clock's like a little late because it gets into that, especially these 500-mile races. But yeah. uh, for a 400-mile race that starts at 2.30, like, I, it, that doesn't bother me because I'm up on Sunday and I can get a lot done and then I can get back home for Sunday afternoon. Because honestly, from like 2.30 to the evening on Sunday, like I, I kind of like, like to be home. I don't yeah. really like... To go out. If I'm going to do something, I like to take care of it in the morning and or maybe like a brunch or chill out on Sunday. Yeah. But by Sunday afternoon, I, I I got my like Sunday wind down into Monday. Yeah, you got to get ready for the work week. Yeah, which yeah. usually means just like chilling, relaxing, having some dinner, watching a race. And then, you know, right now it's been Vice Principals and Kirby Enthusiasm on HBO. Nice. And also Walking Dead. Ugh, can't watch that anymore. You can't watch The Walking Dead anymore? Uh, Still no. love it. Still love it. I saw the guy that plays the uh, the, the. Oh my goodness, his name! I love the show, but I can't remember anything. <laughs> the guy the with the, with the tiger from the kingdom, Ezekiel. Oh, Ezekiel. I saw him today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were down on Fourteenth Street by the High Line. We're gonna go walk up on the High Line. Yeah, and uh, I look across the street on like the second floor. And I see this guy with his like big dreads, <laughs> and he's like, he's like taking pictures, like a photo shoot or something. And I'm like, wow, it looks like the guy from the Walking. That is, yeah, well, that's the guy from the Walking Dead. <laughs> nice. Did you finish Stranger Things? I did finish Stranger Things. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Very, very excited for what else might come. Yeah. From Season Stranger Things episode. next year. Can't wait. Yeah, left you with another. A little teaser spoiler. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay, that was the abbreviated version of our show. It was this still week. a good show. I liked it. It was still a good show, right? Yeah, yeah it was good. All right. It's yeah. good. It's good. 
It's good. Yeah. It's getting close. It's getting close where we can pull those jokes back out. <laughs> Would that surprise you? What? I could, well, I could wake up tomorrow with my headstone to the car, uh. but I wouldn't be any more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. And uh, Thanksgiving night. Soon um, we'll be getting to two more races left in a what I thought has been a, a really exciting NASCAR yeah. season. It's been exciting yeah. to kind of follow and cover the races this year also. It's been yeah. like another little perspective on it. We'll have to do our Miami show earlier in the week because we usually record on Thursdays. Oh, it'll be, so, Thanksgiving, be Thanksgiving, right? So we got to do early in the An week. early show, yeah. We have, to, we have to do a championship show. We can't yeah. miss that one, Yeah, you know? And I don't know if we can miss Phoenix either because this is the penultimate is like race. Yeah. And it's This is it, man. Is it, are they going to crown a 2017 champion in just a couple of weekends? And yeah. I'm excited because we don't know who the heck it's going to be. It's all going to come down to that last race. And who do you think the champion is going to be? Come on. Oh. Like, it's, it's, it's shaping up now. We don't, uh. we don't know one. We have... Three guys in there. Like, do you think it's Martin Truex Jr.? Oh, can I, I add one more thing into the yeah. show where I found out this yeah. week? It's because when it, we keep hearing winner take all, winner take all. But I'm thinking to myself and I'm going, is it really winner take all? Because what about stage points? What if Kyle Larson came out of nowhere and won the race at Homestead? Mm. Then you're all at zero points, you know, even going into that race. But what if one guy like scored? Well, it's only between the four drivers, right? So yeah. your stage points would come into play. However, they w- although they will be awarding stage points during the Homestead race, the four championship contenders do not earn stage points. So uh, those so last four guys, it is just a winner take all. Whoever yeah. finishes ahead of. You know, the other guys wins the yeah. championship. Um, I've been saying Truex all season, so I've got to stick with it. Uh, okay. Okay. Man, oh, man. I don't know, dude. I'm, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. And based on Martin Truex Jr.'s reaction in the post-race interview, because he seemed really upset and disturbed <laughs> that he got passed at the end of that race. Mm-hmm. Like, that might just go into his head or something. I don't know. I'm going to say Kyle Busch. This guy just has a way. Yeah. And also, it'll just be great to see everybody just lose their minds online, social media. Again. Again. Didn't he win? Mm-hmm. Two, two years ago two when years he was ago. hurt. Yeah. He didn't really. That was the one NASCAR gave it to him. They gave him the championship that year. Guy raised half a season and he wins a championship. Well, there's a playoff system. Yep. And he had to race his ass off to get into that top 30. Yeah. You know, he really did. And he put on a string of sick finishes. All right, man. Yeah, I think that's it. So, what do you say? Until next week, the second take of the show was a good one? I think so. I think it was also. <laughs> All right, everybody. From Brooklyn, New York City, this is the Debris and Turn 3 <laughs> fan cast. Guys, my name is Matt. My name is Dan. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.